just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence the show that helps you build ethical influence and authority in your industry, whilst also mastering becoming a powerfully persuasive communicator. Guests on the show have generally ranged from psychologists, secret service members, storytellers, professional speakers, professional comedians, world champions in public speaking, political speechwriters, experts in rhetoric and communication, and much more besides. This week, we are returning to the topic of personal branding with some very special guests, the people behind the company Brandface, which has been since the start of this year, the proud sponsors of the Speaking Influence podcast. Their names are Tonya Eberhardt and Michael Carr, and this conversation was a lot of fun and I learned a lot as well. I know you will too. Now, Tonya and Michael are wonderful people, and they really know what they're talking about with personal branding, and Tonya has been an expert in this for a long time. She helped Michael so much so that he wanted to become a part of her business, and now together with Brandface, they are helping people like me and you to master their branding and their message to be able to connect with your perfect future clients in exactly the way that you would hope to do so. I know you'll enjoy the show and get a lot of value out of it. I certainly have done. So all that remains for me to say is enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. If you're a coach, speaker, or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities, and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost-effective than most other similar platforms. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New Zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today. Welcome to Speaking Influence. Now, this is a very special episode for me because I am getting to introduce you to the sponsors of the Speaking Influence podcast. They are the good people at Brandface. Their names are Michael Carr and Tanya Eberhard. Welcome to the show. Great to be meeting you for an interview for the first time. Yes, Johnny. Thank you for having us on. Yes, thank you. It's, it's really great to be speaking to you. And there's so many things that I want to discuss with you because I think I feel like we have very similar missions in what we're setting out to do through our business, although achieving them in slightly different ways. 
Mm-hmm. One question I ask all of my guests when they come on the show is for people who they have looked up to, respect and admire for their influence and persuasion and for how they've used it. Who would that be for you? And you, you don't have to give the same answer. You have separate answers each. Okay. Right, lady first. All right. I think for me, probably the most influential person in my life growing up was my Aunt Ethel. That's a beautiful old Southern name, right? She lived to be a hundred years old and, wow. and she was very much a caretaker of several of her siblings, her son. She was always doing for other people, never once complained about any of it. And every day was just, it was a joy with her. And I believe over all the years of growing up, I think she really did more to influence me. I wish I could say that I was that wonderful myself, <laughs> but, but I think she, she taught me the way life is supposed to be lived. And I think of her very, very often. Set a great example for you. How about you, Michael? Who would you choose? Yeah, I would go the same route. It's definitely family members. I was sitting there thinking when she was answering, you know, because of being in sales, I've had a lot of different mentors over time that had really good influence over me on how to persuade people, right? My grandfather, though, was probably the biggest influence on me when it came to the end. You know, he was an orator himself and uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce in the small town that they were in. He owned several businesses, like a finance company at one time. He was a bank manager over a big branch in the area that they were at. He was a, a part of the councilman for the zoning. And so he was very influential in the town that he did business. In. I, I remember looking up to that. And I and still, even to this day, people, I go to that town and I talk to people and, and they're, uh, they're like, oh, are you Raymond Carr's son? And uh, so I absolutely my grandfather. Yeah, yeah, the influence is uh, passed on a bit of a halo effect, yeah? Mm-hmm, it does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, those are great answers, and thank you for sharing those. I want to get into what you are doing now, because you are helping other people to build their influence. And as I say, we're doing similar missions in very different ways. You are specifically doing that with helping people to get their messaging right and to get their messaging connecting with the, their audience in the right way. So tell us a bit more about what you're actually doing at Brandface and what your mission is there. Well, our mission is to really help you present the best of yourself, right? In the way that you deserve and in the way that's going to help you reach your goals. And really, Johnny, that comes down to personal branding. I mean, we don't always think of it that way. In fact, if you hear somebody say the word branding, you know, most people think, oh, I've got that. I know what that is. I've got my brand colors. I've got a logo. I've got a good photo of myself. I'm all good. I've got my branding dialed in. But what they don't realize is all the places that it impacts and all the ways that it impacts how you show up in the world and who you attract into your business and life. And so, you know, we look at 77 different criteria when we work with somebody to build their personal brand. So it's a lot more in-depth than you think it is. And it changes lives. It truly does. We like to say a great brand doesn't just change how others see you. It changes the way you see yourself. Brand and branding have come up on the show a few times before. What are the ways in which you are generally finding that people are perhaps not understanding how to work with their own brand or how to get their brand seen in the right way? There, there are a lot of ways that we see that, you know, and just to prelude the discussion a little bit, I was a client before I became a partner in Brandface. So I actually learned the branding principles that you're asking about 
from Tanya. She had spent a lifetime in her career, radio, radio sales, vacuum cleaner sales, door to door. They, she had learned these principles of what you look like to the client or customer that you're trying to attract and, and what they're interested in. And then I had been a serial entrepreneur for many years and, but just couldn't get it figured out myself. I, I consider myself a promoter. I considered myself a marketer and I think she would say that when she came along that I was, but I did not know anything about branding and what that meant, especially personal branding. Like, you know, because being uh, an owner of a small company, I'm in the real estate business and have a, in an indie firm here in North Atlanta, Georgia. And I just, I didn't, I, like I said, I was marketing and promoting. I wasn't uh, putting my brand out there. She taught me the very principles that we're talking about here today. And like one of my mistakes was my messaging. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is their message is incongruent and not, it doesn't flow. And it doesn't answer the five most important questions that any brand should answer, which I'll let you tell. Okay. All right. Yeah. Those questions are really at the heart of what we do. <clears throat> and those five questions are number one, what sets you apart? What differentiates you from others in your industry? Number two, exactly who do you serve? Three, exactly how do you serve them? Four, what qualifies you to serve them? And five, how does it make their life better? And infusing the answers to those, not just in your brand messaging, which is made up of things like an elevator pitch, your biography, your topics, your speaking topics, things like that, but it's also represented in the way, in your image, in the way that you present yourself visually as well, all the branding elements that surround your brand. So people just don't think of that. And I think that the biggest hurdle to all of that is, is people not really understanding that there's a difference between branding and marketing. Yeah. That's the number one thing, I think, because if people just look at them as one in the same a lot. However, we've come up with a very, very simple way to tell the, to tell the difference between the two. And it's really this marketing is utilizing different marketing channels or vehicles or platforms to get a message out there to the world. And it doesn't matter if it's a podcast, if it is a Facebook ad, if it is an Instagram post, if it is a billboard on a major highway, whatever that is, that's the vehicle you're using to get the message out. However, your your brand is that message and image that you're putting on those marketing vehicles. And so that's about as clear cut a way as we can describe the difference between the two. And usually when we describe that, people think, ah, oh, I got it. I got it. So just because I have a couple of elements over here, like I've got a logo, that's not a brand. And they realize very quickly, okay, that's a branding element. It's one of the things that allows you to express yourself or to put your image and your message out there. But just that alone is not going to get you business. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the mistakes I've come across over many years of being a coach in the professional and personal development industry is seeing that people tend to think they can just start a business. Like if you make the business, then you're going to start getting clients. Like people are suddenly magically going to find out about right. what you do and, and that, that it will all sort of start to happen and then wonder why it doesn't, uh, unless you're very, very lucky, it generally doesn't. Uh, but I do think if you have that branding part that you're talking about, that is automatically starting, right? Because people are more likely to start talking about you 
if you have those elements. There's no doubt True. about that. You know, we live, even pre-pandemic, we lived in a world where we were checking people out online. You know, we were doing the cyber sleuthing and things like that. It's even more common now for that to happen. And, you know, having your message on there dialed into that customer that you're trying to attract, that listener, that, you know, if you're a coach or an author, a speaker, a podcaster, anybody, uh, any in sales, any kind of sales where you're having an influence over people, they're probably going to go to, to online and to your social media and find out who you are long before they talk to you on the phone. And you want that message to be out there and you want that message to be very concerned. And of course you want to answer those questions that we talked about. And I think you're right. You know, we, one of the things that we hear from our clients that, that we just have to shake our heads at is when they're like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to get a few more clients and then I'm going to start branding myself. Like, well, let's. She says, like jumping off a cliff, you know, without your clothes on, you know what I mean? Like hoping to find them on the way down, right? You know, you should do the cart is way ahead of ours. Like right. you really need to dial that in before you start that business or start to push that business out. You know, one of the things that we, one of the exercises that we go through is defining an ideal customer. And that could be a listener base. That could be any, anybody that you're going to go after to serve, right? That needs to be dialed in. We can't, I'm yeah. in real estate business, right? We would starve to death if we just said, oh, I just want to do real estate with everybody that I meet. Yeah. You're just going to help yourself right out of business is what we say, you know, but if you dial that in and you really say, you know what, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to niche in on these type of customers and I'm going to know, like, I'm going to deal with 55 year old people. And I want to know everything that I can about being 55, about being a 55-year-old person and what a 55-year-old person worries about, what a 55-year-old person deals with. Then you become the expert and, you know, how many 55-year-olds are there in the world? Like more than yeah. we could ever get to, right? And yeah. so I think dialing that ideal customer in before you kick that business off is a huge key to success. I, I agree. You know, I, I encounter a lot of the time this resistance from people have to niching their services and who it's for and who they're helping and how they're helping people. And, and when it comes to specifically things like uh, coaching and training, personal professional development stuff, I understand it. I've had the same issues with it myself, mm -hmm. but I also understand that if you don't do it, you're going to suffer. You're going to really struggle to build a business because if you try to be all things to everyone, like, yeah, you may be able to coach people on everything, but who's going to come to you? <laughs> who's going to, yeah. who are you, how are you going to market that to people? Oh, what do you do? I'm a coach. I coach people. It doesn't really tell you a lot. You might get some work from that thing. Oh, I've been thinking about working with a coach. You might get lucky, but if you want to have a big business, you have to, as you say, dial it in, dial in that message. But I wonder if you, if you encounter the same sort of things with some of the people you work with, this resistance to niching things down and oh, because yeah. they want to help everybody. Oh, yes. All the time. All the time. Because I think the fear is, well, I don't want to shut anyone out. I don't want somebody to look at my brand and say, oh, well, they're not for me. And I'm thinking, yes, absolutely you do. Because every great brand to some extent is polarizing, right? You, it's just as important that somebody look at you and say, oh, well, that's not a fit for me and move on to the next because you know why? You're not a fit for them and they're not a fit for you. So it's better for both of you to go in a different direction. 
you want to draw in and attract everybody that you truly want to do business with every single day. You want to attract the people you can help the most. And it doesn't mean that you never do business with anybody outside that box again. Sure. It just means this. It means you don't spend your time, money, and marketing effort going after those people outside the box. You spend your time, money, and, and effort inside that box. And anything that comes as a result of that, if you want to work with them, you have that choice. You can work with them. But why waste your time and money? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That make, you make so much sense. I, I wish, I wish I had understood that when I very first started in business. It would have no made problem. Yeah, such absolutely. a big that's, difference. That's how businesses like ours get started is we make the mistakes early on and thank goodness we figure them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th thankfully. <clears throat> Go ahead, John. I, I, I was, I was just going to say that thankfully that we do get these things figured out and that there are people like you who are helping to really get this message out there and to understand this, what kind of differences have you noticed and how soon do they start to become apparent when people do get to dialing in this message and get clear about who they're helping? It's almost instant mm -hmm. and I'll give you an exact, an example. Years ago, we were working with this lady in upstate New York. And she happened to be in the real estate business like Michael. And we helped her really dial in what we call a brand identifier, which is, you know, it's one of the ways we kind of start the process is we look at who your ideal customers are, the points of differentiation that you have, what sets you apart in your industry. And then we come up with what we call a brand identifier, which is a tagline or slogan that just kind of sets the tone and direction for your brand that says, hey, this is what I want to be known for. So. This lady calls me and we're only about two weeks into the process, which is about a six to eight week process of defining, developing, displaying a brand and getting it out there. So we're about two weeks in and, and we've dialed in some of her brand messaging and she calls and she says, look, I, I just had to call you today. I know that we're only like, you know, a couple of weeks in and I know we haven't done everything yet, but I started introducing myself just with my elevator pitch and saying, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And she said, you would not believe the number of people that look at me with wide eyes and say, oh my gosh, that's what you do. That's exactly where I am in my life, right? I would love, love to talk to you. And as a result, this woman had been in the business 21 years and had never had a million dollar listing and she got one that week. And so that uh, it's a matter of other people seeing you differently, putting you like in a fit and then her seeing herself in a different way at that point in time as well. It's like, wow, this is like, this is who I am. I'm meant to help this person. And that's why this fits so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't know how to talk about yourself in the right way, how do other people know how to talk about you in so the right true. way as well? So true. You, you teach people how to treat you. Right. And we know this. And so that's a very good point. You, if you know how to talk about yourself, what you, and you know, people, I think people struggle with that in some ways because they don't want to be braggadocious or they don't have, you know, be full of hubris or something. And I don't, what we teach them is look, you're sharing your experience level and your desire and your passion for this craft that you're doing to help that other person. Right. So you have to learn how to express those words in ways that are valuable to them. Why is your experience level important to them? Not, I just have experience level. 
listen to me it's it's a very it's a very delicate balance but if you do it correctly it's very attractive to people and you know in my office the the words that we literally cheer every time we hear is when somebody says i looked you up online and i want to do business with you those are the words that we seek at all times and you know when they come through and they're exactly those words we know we have nailed a message that has pulled in a client and it's just it's the happiest time for me because i'm like okay that's how you get return on investment for marketing and not just spending a bunch of money and wondering when the phone's going to ring. Yeah. I know one of the issues around this that some people struggle with sometimes is how, how specific do you go? How niche do you go to get it right? Is there a danger of going too specific? What, what's the sweet spot? I think the only danger in going too specific is if there are just truly aren't enough of that type of customers in your area of expertise or, you know, what, what you're doing. Uh, that's pretty rare, by the way. It is. It, it's pretty rare. Uh, it does happen uh, where you say, I want to work with somebody who only carries orange widgets in their right pocket and they only do that Tuesdays between <laughs> two and four, right? right? And so when you get so dialed in, but it is so rare that I don't know if I've come across it more than twice in 30 years of doing this. I think people just get really frightened again to kind of put that customer in a box because they think that they're only going to do business with that one person forever. That'd be awesome if they did, but they don't have to. I think that's where they get caught up. You will have other people that are outside of your ideal customer zone. You're going to have other people that are attracted to you just because of the message that you put out there. Even if it says, I only work with traveling nurses. Well, guess what? Some anesthesiologists may call you, right? <laughs> or some, you know, oil tycoons may call you because they like the message that you put out there. And in fact, they'll call almost apologetically and say, hey, I saw that you only work with traveling nurses, but, you know, like, I, I, I really like what you have to say and I think you can help me. Are you going to turn that person down? No, of course not. No, of course not. Yeah. So, but dialing it in and having some sort of predictability in what you do every day when you get up is really important because you need to, everybody needs to wake up with a clear purpose every day. And that's what gives us our clear purpose, knowing exactly who we can help. Agreed. Yeah. Like, it's hard to calculate the cost of confusion. And all of us, if, and you being a coach, you know, like how many of your clients, they come in and they're scattered and then they're, they're like, I, I, you know, and, and you're like, first thing you do is like, all right, we're going to rein this thing in. And then in time you have them, they know why they get up every morning. Like they know exactly what they're going to do that day. That's niching. That's focusing in on what you're, what you're after. And that end up making expert in it, which makes you even more sought after. More valuable. More valuable, valuable in your craft. Think, yeah. think of it like yeah. this, Johnny. Think about, so, so let's just say you've got your suitcases packed and sitting by the door and you're ready to go on vacation, right? But you have no idea where you're going. So how do you know you have the right clothes in there? How do you know that you do or you don't need your passport? You know, like, how do you know how long you're going to be gone? How far it is? How long it's going to take you to get there? What kind of food is going to be there? You have to think about all those things, right? And I know that sounds preposterous, right? But that's what people are doing with their business every day. Mm -hmm. They're going yeah. into a department store and just grabbing something off the shelf and saying, I like that blue dress. That's awesome. And they buy it and they go off with it, not realizing it's four sizes too big. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't fit. <laughs> 
And, and those just simple, you know, um, stories kind of hopefully will get into people's minds to say, okay, maybe I am doing that with my business. Yeah. A, a lot of people do the, um, throwing spaghetti at a wall strategy, right? See, hope that some, some of it sticks. sticks. And, uh, <laughs> I was guilty of that for years. I, I was 20 years in, in business and I was successful. I made money. I have no complaints looking back, except for the fact that I made a whole lot more once I dialed it in and I figured that out because I quit wasting in areas on the fringes that, you know, profitable. Yeah. And you make more money, but think about this. You generally spend less on your marketing over time. Now it doesn't mean we don't market and we don't spend a lot of money on marketing. Some do, some don't, right? We always advocate for marketing because how else are you going to get the message out there? But wouldn't it make a lot more sense to spend 50 grand a year on something that's really dialed in and you know exactly who you're attracting with it and you can measure very well how it's working than just to throw that spaghetti up against a wall and pay twice as much for it because really it's about outshouting your competitor at that point. Why would I want to yeah. outshout anybody? I want to be the only one they pay attention to because my message is so speaking exactly to them. I don't even have any competition. That's really what branding's all about. Yeah, it's like uh, I I would maybe look at it in sort of speaking terms as well because I do a, a lot of public speaking work. And like, if I'm going to give a talk about using influence and persuasion in business, if I give that at a school assembly to a to a bunch of primary school children, <laughs> they're not going to get any of it. It's going right. to be right. way over their heads, and it's not going to be useful or fun or entertaining for them. It's completely the wrong audience. And um, so I you know, but if I don't have any of my target audience in my audience, then I'm wasting my time and, and I'm wasting theirs as well. And so nobody's having a good time in those sorts of situations. So I get that. I get that very much. I was having a conversation with my mastermind group just recently. And one of the things we were talking about was this thing of this need to be a specialist because we're not, none of us are just one thing. We are all multiple things. We have this wealth of knowledge. And I think that is some of this internal resistance here as well, that I think you do have to want to become known for one thing, but be more than that. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I'd, I would agree. With That's that. a beautiful way of putting That's it. That's a actually. great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it is. I, and I was, I wanted to say to that point, I think is it the same thing you're saying, you know, we are very, uh, humans are very creative. We all have, you know, we all have the same emotions, same fears, same things in different varying formats. You know what I mean? Like some things are more prevalent than others. Than, I mean, and that's sort of what makes the beautiful tapestry, right? And so staying in your lane is important. But I, but I think that the people we meet have such great imaginative abilities, right? I was guilty of that. And I teach my, my agents to come in there. I'm like, look, I want to take over the world too. I want to be bigger than Gary Keller in the real estate business. I, you know, I want, I want all that too, but let's, you know, we can't even take over the state of Georgia, right? Uh, because it's too big. Like, okay, well, we can't even take over the city of Atlanta, right? It's too big. Okay, we can't even take over the county of Gwinnett. It's too big. So, you know, let's start with a neighborhood in a city and become very dominant in that neighborhood. And then let's add a neighborhood. And then let's add another neighborhood. And, let's add, and then in a, a very direct amount of time, using your brand correctly, now you do own the city. Now you are the most dominant sales force in the city. Now you're the most dominant in the county. And that's sort of how, but I believe our imaginative minds just say, oh, let's just, let's go for those stars right now. Right? And jump to the finish Which line. Which is really <laughs> awesome. And we should continue to think that way. 
But we also have to live in reality of, okay, I can't effectively reach those people or help those people because I'm way too scattered. So it does start with that first step of focus and then beginning to build upon those successes. Yeah. I think that there may be a lot of people tuning into this thinking, oh, the, the smoke's clearing. I can actually start to see that this is making some sense. So uh, this is really good stuff that you're sharing. Once someone's working with you and they're dialing in their message, what do you then do to start to leverage that, to start to get that brand out there? What, what makes the brand work once you've got it dialed in? It's really all the branding elements pulled together. So it's not just one thing. It's not just a fantastic elevator pitch or a, or a groundbreaking biography. It's all those things pulled together. Because if you think about that, let's just focus on one social platform right now. Let's think about Instagram. How do we present ourselves on Instagram? Well, we have either a photo or logo in a, in a profile pic, right? We have our description in our bio and an area. We have links that lead to other um, digital assets. And then we have the way we post video and photos and the you know comments that we make. And all of those, if you think about the ways we do that, what does that involve? It involves dialing in, here's what I stand for. Here's what it looks like, my logo. Here's some photos of me so you can see my personality. Here's some topics of interest that I'm going to teach you about because this is what I'm known for. This is what I'm an expert in. Here's a link to my bio that's going to tell you a little bit more about my personal and professional story. Here are my brand colors behind me because if you look at any sort of Instagram feeds, you're going to see consistency in color across the board. If you don't, they're doing it wrong, right? So you have that. So I just mentioned seven or eight things right there. Those are branding elements and you've got to work those in tandem. So they have to all make yeah. sense together. Why do these work together so well? And that's why we look at 77 different criteria when we personally brand somebody. It's not just about one thing or two things or three things. It's pulling all of those together and knowing when to use which ones. And it's really not that complicated once it's all dialed in. Right. It's actually very, very easy to use. And the consistency with that once it absolutely. is absolutely key, once that happens. And I think that if you haven't done the work to pull your brand together with that succinct message, then you can't be consistent with that message. That it's, it's very, when we see companies that have one message that is consistent constantly in all of their billboards or on their uh, radio ads or in all their print materials, everything is all one message, one message, one message constantly. We see those companies grow more exponentially than companies that change that message over time, right? You know, well, we did a campaign and this was our slogan here. Now we do another campaign and this is our slogan here. Now we do another, you know, you never really dialed into people don't just automatically know. Okay. There's no retention. There's no retention. So years yeah. ago when I was in radio, I used to have clients say they would buy a radio schedule and let's just say it was 40 commercials a week. They would want to know, hey, I have several different products here that I need to sell. Can I do 20 commercials promoting this product and 20 commercials promoting that product? And I would say, yes, you can, but I would definitely not recommend that because really you're just putting out one message 20 times and another entirely different message 20 times. And the only thing that is congruent between all of that is your name, right? But what is that name associated with? What are they going to remember that name with? 
Well, that's just as important. So focusing and going after one thing at a time is kind of like the human mind. We truly can only do one thing at a time. We talk about multitasking, but technically it's impossible. Right. Because yeah. why? Because your conscious mind can only do one thing at a time. Your unconscious mind may be doing other things, but it's not consciously doing it, right? It's just unconsciously due to repetition and routine doing those kind of things. But you're not consciously making that effort to retain that information and for anything to be top of mind. So so that focus is, is huge. Yeah. It's kind of like with web pages, like why bounce rates can be so high from particular web pages, apart from some of them are just terrible, but one of the big problems with some web pages is that uh, there's too many options for people when they land on them and right. people get overwhelmed. Whereas the fewer options there are, it's like, you know, the Cheesecake Factory restaurant, right? You go in and there, half, yeah, your, half you your time there is looking at the menu, right? Deciding which menu you're going to eat well, off and what you're going to have. 30 minutes before I can order. Yeah, same for me. There's there's too much choice. And whilst it's great right. to have that, the the time it takes to actually decide what you're going to have is is huge there. Whereas you know, I'm more used to going to restaurants here in Spain where I live, where generally in the daytime you would have two choices, menu A or menu B. That's a much easier decision. Yes, I don't, have to, don't have to spend too much time in it. But if there's too much to do, we just get overwhelmed. And and more easily than I think we take, we we, we oh, maybe underestimate just how easy it is for people to get overwhelmed with information. I, I would agree a thousand percent. Very it, true. You know, for anybody who, who has had kids and raised kids, it always blew my mind. All of our kids loved peas, green peas. If you dump the whole can out there, they'd eat three, four, right? If you gave them three or four at a time, they'd eat the whole can. It, it always blew my mind watching them do that. Scarcity. Yes, but, Scarcity. Uh, it's like, but it's I might not get another pea. You overwhelm them and they're like, I'm, I can't right. keep devour all of that. And I'm just going to make a mess with it. You you put out three or four or five at a time. They eat, they eat, they eat. The next thing you know, the whole can's gone. And I think you're right. I think we do underestimate that. I know I've been guilty of that in my day. For sure. I uh, probably still get drug into it from time, even though I fight kicking and screaming to make sure it doesn't happen. But that's a good thing to have. And I think that that's when you start to focus on your brand, your ideal customer, how you're going to get to them, you find then in a little bit of time, very little, usually now you're deciding which deal you want to deal with, right? right. Instead of out here trying to clamor for any deal. And that's a much better position to be in as a business person, because then you're able to work, you know in the business, like you were, you're, you're on the business at the end of this, right? You're, you're, you're able to say, I, I want, I'm not going to do these, or I'm going to send this task off to somebody else. I'm going to take these, which is where every business person wants to be, not, you know, clamoring to try to get that next one. Yeah. A lot of the people who tune into to this show are in coaching and professional speaking and, or, or want to be at least, but the majority would have some kind of personal brand. And so we'll be recognizing a lot of the things that we're talking about and they may or may not have it styled in as well as they would like to have that but once you have started dialing in your message does it matter then where you take it i mean are there some platforms that are generally going to work better than others in your opinion uh, and some specific actions that people should be taking once they start to figure out who they're serving and having that brand really focused in so there's two pieces of advice i have with that Number one, yes, you can choose a wrong platform because you want to make sure your ideal customers are on the other side of that platform. 
So for instance, you know, if you're trying to reach a 25-year-old today, they're probably not going to be reading a daily newspaper in their town. It's just not how they consume the news, right? So that's one very glaring example. But you want to make sure your ideal customer is on the other end of that. Number two, you want to make sure you're comfortable using that platform. So in other words, if uh, it's, let's say, YouTube ads or just posting videos on Instagram or TikTok or your thing, and you really love doing videos, it's just a way that you can express your expertise and share things with people in an easier way, by all means, make that your main point of communication. If you're somebody who is like terrified of video, do not want to do it, maybe you consider a podcast, you know, maybe you do market to somebody very differently. So those two things are really important to me. But as long as your ideal customers on the other side of that platform, and as long as you're going to utilize that platform consistently, then there's no wrong answer there. And you can't do everything at once, obviously. Pick three or four ways to market yourself and learn those really well and do those consistently. Yeah, I yeah. think that's and goes right back to what we spoke of earlier too, right? You know, people, you should show up everywhere, you know, especially if you're in that space of author, coach, speaker, podcast, you, you really need to be everywhere and have all of those consistently saying the same message. But to Tanya's point and to our point earlier about how we consume, yeah, don't stress yourself out to do a hundred percent on every one of those platforms. It's not, uh, that's just not going to be feasible. It's not feasible. You know, in our business, we, and my real estate business, we focus very heavy on Google rather than a lot of other bigger names that had actual specific platforms for realtors in the United States. And the reason we did that is because we just saw Google as what it is, is the bigger behemoth and that the driving force to how people search. So we just focused on that. We made sure our we were consistent on all of our other platforms. Then as we mastered that and really got that dialed in, we were able to start adding in, you know, your others, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your, and, and, and build those along. So don't, I would tell your listeners, don't stress yourself that I've got to be a hundred percent on every one of these things. Cause you're going to put yourself right back into that overwhelmed state of, I can't even get all this done, you know, focus so on, true. get them all face forward and then focus on one you can really get good at and then start adding back in. Yeah, I, the the overwhelm piece is is really important, but I I know there's one thing that you do you can help with here, and this is something I I feel that is important question to ask you because when when you're in it yourself, it's hard to see yourself, and it's hard to see what you're really projecting out there. How can you know once you know who you want to help and how you want to help them, and you get your message dialed in? How do you know that you're actually being seen in the way that you hope you're being seen? That's a great, That's question. great question. I don't think we've ever had it posed to us that way. But, you know, what you're talking about is the whole phenomenon of you can't see the label when you're inside the jar. And so that that exists for everyone. I, I think that it's not so much as how do you know you're being seen in the right way as it is, how do I know this is my authentic story? If it's your story and you've got it dialed in in, in, to, in a certain way to say, these are the people that I'm truly speaking to and I know I can help them, then the rest does fall into place. You don't have to worry if you're wearing the right pink blouse in your photo shoot or that people might think, you know, well, that, that person is just not going to match up to my needs. If your message and the image portrays you authentically, 
you're going to attract the kind of people that you want to help. I think you can, it can be really looked at in too much detail sometimes. Yeah, I think we can put too much pressure on ourselves for that. Right. But I, I know personally for me, and I share it with our clients, I wouldn't have figured it out by myself. I I, I would, like I said, I was a promoter. I was a marketer. I, I was a senior vice president of the second largest real estate auction company in the world. I mean, I, one time our ad budget was you know, well over $15 million a year. And so, you know, I knew how to get messages out there. I knew what that took if you were just going to spend the money. Right. But I, when I brought it back down and, and I said, okay, I want to build my own shingle and I started building my own real estate company. It was, I was on a different platform at that point. Right. And then I was trying to build this big real estate company and construction. I mean, our tagline was anything real estate. And we really attempted at the first few years to do anything to add anything to do with real estate. And it took Tanya coming into my life and saying, yeah, hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're incongruent here. Your message is wrong here. I mean, your trucks, I had trucks out and some of them had a wrong number on. I mean, just things like that that slip through the crack that you don't realize. But the biggest thing that she brought to me was dialing in that message and shrinking that down, pruning it so it will grow, I guess is the best way to, to, yes. to, to say that. And then, and then next thing you know, it did. You know, we're an indie brokerage, but we've got locations in Orlando, Florida, Atlanta, uh, two in Atlanta, Georgia, and one in Knoxville, Tennessee with plans for three others in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. So we've grown just over the course of seven years, even though we'd been doing this business for 20. So I, we just, we're not doing it correctly. And she came and showed me, I was in the jar and showed me what label I had on it, which was not the label I wanted, helped me make that label right. Then all of a sudden it was the, and now I just tell people she's the secret to my success. I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish it worked like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting lots of great help here. I think we're all, get, we're all getting something underway from, from this conversation. You may already be familiar with the principle of like red ocean and blue ocean in, in the marketplace. And I think one of the things that has been coming up in conversations for me recently, and one of the things I think people, uh, myself included, have, have not necessarily realized, is you don't always know when you're in a red ocean <laughs> the, the sort of principle of the blue ocean is really easy or there's not many, there's not much going on there there's not many sharks around it's pretty safe you're the, kind of the only ship in town so you know, any part, anyone in town so people will come to you because you don't need to differentiate and I, i've been understanding that more in the podcasting space probably because it's one of those things that has been a blue ocean and is now becoming a red ocean because more and more people are into it uh, millions of podcasts now and uh, you need to differentiate yourself. And I see this with guests as well. They can I can talk about 20 different things. Well, I don't want someone who can talk about 20 different things. I want someone who has, who has some expertise. And maybe we will talk about other things around that. Uh, but do you think there, there is an element to which people don't always understand that they're in the red ocean, that there's a lot of competition and how, diff how important this differentiation piece is. I'll give you a perfect example right now in, and, and the reason I use this is because again, Michael's in the real estate industry, but it can apply to any industry depending on the state of the industry at the time. So right now here in the United States and in part throughout, you know, parts of the rest of the world, but especially in the U S real estate is on fire. Like you can't, the, the, the demand is high. The inventory is low. If a house goes up, you know, uh, gets listed today, it's likely that it'll have five, you know, five or six uh, offers by the end of the day over asking price. 
And so that's the kind of market that we're in right now. And so real estate agents think, oh, I could just sit back. I mean, this market's on fire, on fire. What they don't realize is the water's turning red. And here's why. Everybody who's sitting at home thinking, I just, oh, I've always thought I might be a good real estate agent. I think I'm going to get into this. I mean, this is a great time to get into it. So while it's like the frog that's, that, that is in the pot of water and it's just slowly heating up, right? And before you know it, you're in the sea of sameness. We don't care about red sea or blue sea, red ocean or blue ocean. You're in the sea of sameness because if you have not differentiated yourself, there you are. And so you don't realize that while you think it might be a blue ocean, the water's turning red because all of those pirates are about to invade your waters. Oh, <laughs> so. oh it's age-old principle. You know, exorbitant profit springs ruinous competition. It always happens. The minute people figure out you're making money, they're like, I could do that. I want to make money too. And here they come and you do. It's important. So it's not just important to reach that ideal customer, it's also important to differentiate yourself. So you're shielded from that competition and all mm -hmm. business is cyclical. It doesn't matter. Like it's some quarters are up, some quarters are down. That's just the way it goes. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You, you they go through, we go through these periods where industries you could do, you just do anything right. And you're going to do it right. Oh, just making money, making money, making money, making money. And then the next thing you know, you got a cancer from the inside that eats you. You've got a competition that's on the outside coming after you. You didn't realize it because you were making money and you were too busy to set your brand up. And now you don't have one when the market turns and washes out all those people that chased after your profits and your dream because they thought they could do it. And, and then you're left and you've wasted that time that you could continue to go. So I know personally, I'm, I don't worry about downfalls in real estate. I don't worry about downfalls like that. They're going to happen. They're cyclical, but because our brand is dialed in and because we are known in our communities and continue to service our people and our ideal customers every day, those are not peaks and valleys. They are just simple, you know, things that we live through for a minute and it makes a huge difference and very hard to get people to understand that when you're successful, it's just important as important to build that brand Absolutely. of differentiation as it is. If you're starting out from scratch, you have to do that to maintain longevity. Great. I, I'm wondering what the, what the most important things are to measure in terms of understanding whether your brand is connecting or not, what, what are the metrics that really matter? So here's the interesting thing. And there, there are actually quite a few things to pay attention to that, you know, when your brand is working, but the one thing you really want to look at is that if you're trying to measure it based on dollar value, you're going to have a hard time doing that in some respects. And here's why it's not like you invest in an advertising medium and you say, okay, I put $10,000 into this and I, got sales back in $30,000. So I made 20 grand off of that. Your brand is actually your story. It is infused into everything you do. So if you're going to give something credit for growth, it better be your brand, <laughs> right? You're right. Because that is like, what is attracting people to you over and over and over in a newspaper or a postcard or a, a social media post it's what you put in that newspaper postcard and social media post, and that's your brand. So if you're, it's helping you grow, then you have to credit it where the credit belongs. The other thing is there's several things, you know, when you, 
when when you realize you are attracting those people into your business and life that you want to deal with every day and they're referring you to other people when people start to greet you by your brand identifier mm -hmm. you know uh, like for michael his brand identifier is abundant life broker okay so that that is a very positive thing. I get a good positive feeling about Michael when he introduces himself, abundant life broker. That's awesome. Tell me about that, right? So when people start to greet you or say something, even making fun little jokes like, "Well, I, you know, I bet the fishing was abundant for you today, Michael." That's awesome, right? Because they're connecting you with what you stand for with that abundance. Yeah. And then, you know, b beyond that, it is sometimes when people make negative and snarky and snide remarks, true. because those are most likely going to be your competitors. Here's what I never understood. Working with somebody for their, on their brand, you give them some brand identifier options. They say, well, let me go take it to some people I know and see what they think about it. And I'm going, oh, please, Lord, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Number one, okay, those people don't understand branding. They haven't spent their whole life trying to encapsulate somebody's, you know, presence into just a few words, you know, at, at a glance anyway. And number two, sometimes those people don't really want you to succeed. That's true. That's just the bare naked truth of it all. <laughs> they they may not want that. There may be jealousies there. So those two things alone, yes, it's okay to ask for advice from you know those closest to you, but weigh that advice very carefully because that is one of the reasons you know your brand is working when people start to get all snarky about it and you think hmm, you got to look at mm -hmm. the source it's coming from right you do you do and hey the, you know what oscar wilde said there's no such thing as bad press right i don't care what they say about it. <laughs> <laughs> about me That's and you know tanya used to talk about the radio ad sales business so you know her clients would say like hey we got to change that commercial i'm getting sick of it and she's like are you crazy like if you're getting sick of it and that, everybody else is just now recognizing they're just now beginning They're to see a pattern in it. To figure that out. Yep. And, uh, to retain you know, that information. Because we, we do lose, uh, like, it's hard for us to understand. Like, one of the greatest sales principles that it's, a tie, it's age old, right? We didn't invent this. We just know it to be the truth from statistics. Most sales are done between the fifth and eighth conversation you have with somebody. But most salespeople quit at the third. Cause they don't want to be pushy or they don't want to seem aggravating or they don't want to see. And, and like, I, you know, I tell any of our clients, our brand face clients, I'm like, you have got to keep having conversations. One of our friends, Mike Cuevas, the real estate marketing dude, he's like, chase the conversation, not the commission. Right. And it's so important because that is what you should be doing. You, your marketing law says that we've got to show up seven times, 11 times, and then 21 times, seven times with your name before people start remembering anything 11 times with your name and what you do 21 times before they start to take action. And so we, you know, that's where that consistency is really, really, really important. Yeah. It's, it's never a one and done thing really is here. No, really at least. Never. <laughs> it's so funny. There's a certain irony in life though. When, when I was younger, I used to dread people talking about me and now uh, I, I love it when people are <laughs> talking about me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely important. Uh, th this is so, so much great stuff that you shared here. And I know that people who are tuning into this are going to think, well, I want more. This is, this is just the start of the journey. Where's the best place for people to go to, to get more information and more help with their branding? Sure. So if you want to learn more about us and actually watch some great free training on exactly how to build your brand, 
you can go to brandfacestar.com, S-T-A-R, brandfacestar. And then if you think, hey, you know what? I've heard enough. I'm ready. I want to talk to you guys and find out what it's like to, so that you can help me build my brand. I'm ready to go. Go to discussyourbrand.com and we'll schedule a call with you and talk to you about what that looks like. Great. Everyone will be able to find links for that in the show notes. So just one click through the show notes and you can go and find out more. Uh, you shared so much great stuff. I wonder for each of you, what would you describe as your own superpower when it comes to influence or persuasion? You want to go first? Yeah, I, I think that, thank you. I think that my superpower would be, it's not a one word. It's my desire to see the success in everybody around. Me. I, it, it took, I never thought I would be a real estate broker. I was in the real estate business for nearly th uh, 30 years now, but I didn't see myself as that until Tanya helped brand me. And then that made me who I, it, you know, helped me develop who I am. I want to spend the rest of my life helping other people succeed. And that's why the tagline, the abundant life broker is so important to me. So I would say my superpower is my desire to help other people succeed. I'm a fuck. All right. Mine would be helping people unveil their inner star because I realized a long time ago, I grew up in a really small town in North Georgia. I love the town. I love my family. There was a lot of alcoholism and addiction throughout my family on both sides. And so I witnessed that. And I don't think I realized till much later how it really impacted me and how much it impacted the fact that Bramface is here today. But I recall thinking sometimes the only difference between a young person sitting on a stoop waiting for the next drug deal and a young person headed off to college with a bright future is just self-worth. They don't realize the things that make them so uniquely special in this world and how much that part of them is needed. And, and I want people to know that no matter what trials and tribulations they've been through in life, there is a star inside of them. And that's what we at Brandface do is try to bring that star out so that the rest of the world can see what they have to offer and how they can be helpful. Fantastic. I normally wrap things up by asking what's, what's one thing you most hope people will take away from the conversation. I kind of hope that's it. <laughs> that that's one thing people will most take away from this. That was a, a, a great thing to share. Michael, Tanya, it's been such a delight speaking with you today. And uh, I really love everything that you're about on your mission and feel so, so aligned with you. So I'm so glad to be having this sponsorship arrangement with you and, and to have chatted with you today. And, uh, and hopefully we'll get to chat again in the future. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time today. Yanni, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. We're honored to be a sponsor of your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, I hope you found something that you can put into action from what you've heard today. Please consider the price of this show being sharing it out with your friends and network. That is really what helps us to grow. And if there is something that you have been able to find to take action on from today's episode, please let us know. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter, whichever is your preferred platform. Or indeed, get in touch with Michael and Tonya at Brandface. They would love to hear from you too. Coming up very soon is going to be my episode with Joseph Rosenfeld, who is a style expert. And he has been a style advisor to many people in the tech industry in Silicon Valley and is now turning his talents and attention to helping people in the legal profession. And so he really understands what it is about image and style that makes us more influential or even less influential. So how we can make our style work for us and influence, not just for men, 
but for women also. I know you're going to enjoy that show. It was a wonderful conversation and Joseph is someone who thinks incredibly deeply about things and really knows his stuff. I know you love it when I bring experts onto the show. I certainly do too. So look out for that show coming up very soon. If you would like to get hold of my ebook that shows you how you can make money from podcasting without having to have your own podcast, then just look for the link in the show notes. And of course, if you would like to support the show financially, yes, we do have a sponsor, that being Michael and Tonya at Brandface, but also your financial support is greatly appreciated. Look for the Supercast link in the show notes. All that remains for me to say is wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.